regrettably realized, not regrettably, we sadly realized that a lot of farmers have been on mute. Farm is a business. Sure. It's way beyond the crops. We consume 1 billion chickens a year. 1 billion? 1 billion, dog. 1 billion wow. chickens. We need to place everything on mute and ask ourselves, uh, who, 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 who has a handle and who is gatekeeping or dog keeping on the macro value chains? Spread the fire, welcome back to SMWX. And today I'm extremely excited to welcome a dynamic guest, Mr. Shadrach Kubiane, who is one of the most inspiring entrepreneurs in our country at the moment. He's currently working at the intersection of the food supply chain and blockchain technologies. He's had a storied career in the corporate world. And today we're going to speak about his experiences becoming a successful entrepreneur, but also some of his insights on South Africa's food security, its agricultural landscape, blockchain technology, and what he's learned rising through the ranks of entrepreneurship. Uh, Shadrach, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you kindly. It's uh, great to be here. Thank you for your hospitality. Not at all. Not at all. It's great to have you. And, you know, your venture, a farmer app, which you're going to get into, has really raised many... can you give us some money here at SMWX? That would be oh, great because then we'll we'll be good. We I, I know there are many millions there, so can we talk? We can make some calls. <laughs> we can make some calls, definitely. Comment down below if yeah. you. This is a contract. It's done. It's done. <laughs> definitely, definitely. No, I mean it's it's been wonderful to watch your rise, and yes. uh, and obviously you're an extremely successful entrepreneur now. Thank you kindly. But that that's not an overnight thing. Overnight yeah. successes take. Years and decades. I wish it was overnight. Hey, I, I wish it was. Yeah, yes, don't we all? But 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 tell me a bit about, you know, the journey and the moment of success when you felt that Efama had, and of course, the success you know is is a long journey yeah. and and there's more success to come. But that moment when you had tried, you had left the corporate world, and finally, you know, you you had got to a place that was on a different plane. Uh, you know, talking about the transition from corporate, mm. I I personally wish it was done differently, for the sake of my health mainly, mm. and for for better sleep. You know, uh, you 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 you've got this uh, book that you sometimes share with the with the family, mm. the democracy and delusion. I think business does have that uh, delusional dynamic to it, mm. and while I might have not admitted this. In my early days when I left corporate, mm. I can admit it now that there was a whole lot of dead ends and mm. knocking my head around the walls. That was a bit unnecessary. Mm. I know later on, as an interpreter, you attempted to say, man, that was tuition fees. Mm. But some fees are a bit unnecessary. I'll mm. give you an example. Mm. Uh, I wish as early on, on my business journey personally, which kicked off as far back as 2009, and by, by the time I now left corporate yeah. to attempt my shot at business, that was not even my first take. My mm. first take goes a, a bit far back than that. Uh, I had a, a, a crashed and burned business back in 2003. Hmm. I, I, that's how I bounced into corporate and go like, oh man, I need to pack this. Mm. Went through varsity, led a successful team there. 
So when I was now re-emerging, I wish there was a, a, a sense of family that I put around myself. Mm. Because if you notice, you know, my wife and I, we joke around sometimes and say, if there was an end that arrived in Santin for some reason, Santin being mm. our neighborhood where we, we both work, play and live, and uh, it's more of an extreme spot, more on that later. <laughs> so if an end was to arrive in Santin, mm. a humble end, the first thing that it would do would be to, what would it do? So we, we kind of like muse around that mm. and we both reached this uh, safe, safe conclusion of what the likelihood will be. The end will try and plug into a sense of community. It mm. will try and locate the nearest colony. Mm. But no, not me. Me, I thought, let me fly solo. Let me, mm. l let me show this big boys club how it's done. And mm. man, that was about 10 years of uh, really uh, uh, a school of hard knocks. Mm. So that's the first thing that on my journey to co-founding eFarma, I wish that I was a lot more sensitive to because the other thing that I joke around with my co-founder and wife is business is actually easy. Mm. And that may sound a, it's a bit of a, a counter logic. The hardest part is to decide on your vertical. It's to decide on what are you going to be sold out to or sold out for and in that regard, uh, focus, I'll give you a bit of context and mm. also the family. We have some mentors we have in the U.S. among our ecosystem of mentors locally and, 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 and offshore. Mm. Those mentors, man, they are in their 60s. And husband and wife, they recently began an app, which is a story for another day. But within three years, that app already saw 8 million users on it. Mm. And they go like, oh, we're doing decently well, but we're not there yet. And you go like, but why? They go like, no, there's this other guy down the street. He actually, him and a 19-year-old started an app. And now it's sitting at half a billion. And that's an app that most people have never heard about, mm. at least in that sense. But it's got half a billion. So when you see us now within the e-farmer journey, kind of like being a bit impatient with ourselves mm. a bit, mm. and mm. also striving well beyond what could be considered South African standards, and also striving to realize and maintain a focus that we're not competing within a South African landscape. The minute you go digital, yeah. the minute you go startup, you don't know. There might be a 19 or even a 14-year-old in the basement out there in Silicon Valley, busy coding, putting together a few lines of code to go like, mm, I'm mm. heading to South Africa next. So you don't know where your threat is going to come from or where your challenge. So in that regard... I'm glad that our beginnings, both my co-founder and I, they didn't start in the big city with the limelight, but way back in the village, mm. way back where it's still our grounding. Just even yesterday before this conversation, we just came back from a village. So I'm glad that before leaving corporate, before embarking on the journey for e-pharma, even after other business projects crashed and burned, before all that, the noise, the good and the bad and the ugly, I'm glad that our upbringing and our beginning is right in the village where I'll touch on it at some point that it still keeps us grounded. Yes, we think global, but and we try to be lo locally relevant, but really mm. our roots and where we borrow our thesis on how we navigate life and business goes back to the village. So tell me about how the idea for Ifama came about yeah. and how that links to, to your life story. 
Good question. Uh, my wife, Pretty and I, we were raised by farming industrious villagers. Mm. And on my side of the story, emerging as a young boy around the, the, the early years, the childish years, I found myself trapped in a positive way between two very feisty, very industrious, very, very bold women. I was raised by two generations mm. of farmers. Mm. And my grand, the late uh, Gogo Lucy, she, 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 she was a lot more bold. She was also on the adventurous side. In the heart of South Africa, a territory not known for coffee, she became a coffee farmer. Hmm. I might also want to mention that she's a former unionist hmm. who, when she left the workplace and she left the shop stewarding and all that, representing the voice of workers, she just kind of like, not even as a retirement, but as a new pastime, she hmm. began farming coffee. And in the middle of all of that, I believe wow. my mom uh, caught the bug, the farming bug, but she played it a lot safer, my mom. She started uh, kind of like growing your typical crops. But she was in a consortium partnership with other village farmers. They wouldn't mm. call it a fancy thing like a consortium. They, they had an arrangement. Where was this, by the way? Uh, a good question. I was born at the intersection of not one, I mean, not two, but three provinces mm. where the Great North or Limpopo intersects with the Northwest province. Mm. And then they both intersect with Gauteng. So sure. from where we are sitting, if I look ahead in our chat, mm. I could see the beginning of the boundary line of Limpopo. Mm. And behind us will be uh, Northwest. And just straight ahead will be Gauteng. So yeah. I was literally born. And that strategically served me well when I ended up in corporate. Mm, mm. And now it's serving me now. Because not, sure. not only was I raised by farmers, not only was I trapped in the clutches of their frustrations, mm. such as when we have to take our produce mm. to the silo in terms of maize meal, mm. and the, the, the inequalities and the unfairness yeah. and, and, and how the equation will be slanted there mm. in favor mm. of, of, of the boogeyman who ran the silo. And mm. so fr from the early days, I, I got yeah, to absolutely. appreciate not just the, the struggle of the common person, mm. as I saw these two women mm. uh, kind of mm. like sweat it out, but I also found myself very privileged that the intersecting provinces also gifted me with finding myself in a melting pot of cultures. Because later on, when in my Africa travels, whether wearing the corporate hat or later on ending up wearing a management consulting hat, because mm. that's a business that led to e-pharma, both required business diplomacy. Mm. And there, cannot, there can be no business diplomacy unless there is first and foremost a humble appreciation of yeah. the cultural dynamics in the terrain. Let, let me muse a little bit... Uh, by saying maybe after our conversation, I interest you in saying, you know what, Cesar, if you have about, you know what, uh, Doc, if you have a bit of half an hour, let me see if you're keen to pass by the Faraday taxi rank there or by the Maimai taxi rank. Why would I, uh, uh, what do you call it? Why would I appeal to your audience to say, listen, let's pass there and maybe go and have a bit of scope and mm. uh, join, join the, 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 the men there that are in a circle. 
Mm. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a bit of a, a water drum and and they found a bit of a a, a, a piece of wood and they're having scorpo, which is equal their dining room, equal their boardroom. If I, mm. if I if I interest you to say, man, let's just be brave. Let's go there and maybe appeal to say, listen. Come, come on the other end. I come on the other end. We both wearing green, so maybe that's a good sign. <laughs> and then let's go in there and tell them, guys, lunch is on us. Don't worry. No, no, no. Mm. Carry on with Scopo. Uh, let's just kind of like lean forward mm. to join this. Why I'm mentioning that bit of an extreme, extreme unlikely example because I value my life and so do you, Dom. <laughs> Why I wouldn't do that is because just like how we need to tread, not just with caution, mm. but with mutual respect around territories that may not necessarily regard you and I as having street cred for those environments. I think the same applies to Santin, which I mentioned earlier on, mm. to say my entry into farming, into technology, into supply chain, and also into the richest square mile on the continent, if you want to build something that won't just have resilience, but will also take off with success, a appeal to funders. I found myself humbled because I was not in a scope or fisting environment, mm. but the Santan boardrooms, you know, those glass towers, sure. they also require a bit of appreciation of what street cred means mm. in those setups. So going back to my village, knowing that we had the Tsonga community there. We had even the community from Zim coming in there with their merchants. We had the community from Botswana coming in there, selling different kind of goods. We had the, 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 the various tribes, Barolong, uh, Bakwening, all, all these type of tribes coming together. We, we had the vendor community there in the middle and we, we had everyone in between. So that's a melting pot that unless you have a an organic appreciation mm. for diplomacy at a human to human non-textbook approach you're either going to be frustrated there or you're going to soak in uh, the appreciation for wow language food different people so i suppose to an extent between being shaped and raised by those two women but i was to an extent also molded by my village environment very modest but quite molded and prepared for the path that I now find myself in at the intersection of technology, farming frustrations, blockchain, and to an extent, broken or unequal supply chains. So tell us then what Ifama does to take that history, you know, of, of the, the two women who raised you, yeah. looking at the frustrations of farming, yeah. looking at life at the intersection of these different provinces in yeah. South Africa, you go to the corporate world, management consulting, yeah. you know, that's a tough place to get into. Sure. It's it's the height of, of the corporate world in many ways. Yeah. Start some businesses. And then what is what is the idea then that comes to your mind that, okay, this is how we connect all those things with the technology that we have? Good question. You know, one of the, if we look back in our review mirror on the COVID days, we often recall, most of us here can recall uh, where someone in a meeting will go like, you're on mute. And that's not a good thing when you are trying to project a point or project yourself and then you're on mute. Mm -hmm. However, leading up to the founding of eFarma, we regrettably realized, not regrettably, we sadly realized that a lot of farmers had been on mute. And they, did, they, they didn't need just a voice. 
they needed means to participate gainfully and actively and mutually so in the in the economic uh, streams of society mm. we speak about sustainable development goals that the un has said the sdgs 2030 and all that those are things that are a bit too distant on the horizon to a farmer yeah. who's just thinking listen we've got about one hectare of madumbi or mm. we have 10 hectares of various crops and whenever we attempt, maybe they're in deep rural in KZN, maybe they're in Msinga, maybe they're down there towards Josini, maybe they're even down there towards Matatiela. And all they're thinking is, wait a minute, how do we get our produce mm. to leave our hands, leave our farm and make its way to market? Sure. Where it could end up on the dining tables of hotels, mm. uh, it can end up uh, being part of five star restaurants, mm. and if all else fails, or if all all things, all intents and purposes, even if their produce can end up being part of our dinner tonight, sure, sure. And we found that such farmers, uh, because we have various types, we've got your corporate farmers, you've got your mid-sized farmers, and then you've got your sustenance which turned out to be hand-to-mouth farmers. Mm -hmm. Those make a much bigger base. And uh, we, we often uh, joke around to say, just like, uh, uh, what's his name? Ndade Bonang Mohali of Bitvest. In his early days, he used to be in the elevator business. And uh, in the elevator business with a whole lot of other businesses, both locally and offshore, we often joke to say through e-farmer, even though we, we are using layers of code, we're using technology to shape this e-commerce that is connecting rural to urban, that is connecting farmers to consumers and commercial buyers. One thing that we muse around is that we are also building a giant elevator because sadly our, our farmers, despite being hardworking, just like my mom and granny, their hard work, uh, or quite often really is, is scattered all over the place. They don't get to really uh, 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 harvest the, 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 the gainful rewards of, of their hard work because one, they're still on mute, two, they're trapped in the basement, uh, economically so. So how, how do we send the elevator down to go fetch them? And we found that tech, when it is aligned correctly for social good, not just for profit or for commerce, tech can help this villager over here being in the big city to build a connecting bridge that brings not just the village to the city because the village does come to the city that's one thing that i need to emphasize but it comes to the city through the wrong hands between umsabalingana or between cockstead or between any any rural local mm. locality there's sometimes up to 20 middlemen mm. between that gogo between that malume who have appointed themselves as the powers that be in order to facilitate trade between that humble rural uh, ecosystem and the big city where the pricing for crops is better. Yes, there are some regional markets that exist, but even those markets, our, our crop losses, our post-harvest losses are way too high. So how do we, through patient capital, which is what we've embarked on, and how do we... Uh, uh, patiently uh, build a parallel supply chain that 
both rural and also other excluded peri-urban farmers can find way to unmute themselves and to negate the need for uh, what do you call it an inflationary level of middlemen mm. that are no longer needed you know we, we we all need middlemen but when there are 20 instead of being two then uh, you find that those gogos really uh, they themselves are starving uh, mm. you, you know the idea of a starving farmer is something that we mm. sometimes discuss when we go like why did we start e-farmer a starving farmer imagine I remember we were doing the rounds. We were going around the country. We, we do that a lot. I just did 6,000 kilometers recently traveling. You, you, I remember in the early days while we, we, we didn't want to build code. We just wanted to understand what keeps farmers awake beyond my grand, beyond my mom. And we found that one of them was saying, you know what, Abantanabam, you see that truck there that is living with my crops mm. with a big retail name on it. There's hardly any middleman there. The retailers send their truck here, their cold truck. Mm. I'm part of their cold chain, but uh, I won't see the money for my crops for up to six months. Mm. And between now and six months, I'll, my, my children and I are going to really be having to fend for ourselves. So, yeah, so I, I suppose eFarmer in a nutshell is a, an attempt to use technology to shape that elevator we can send down to go and fetch those that are trapped in the basement. Life is happening up there on the top floor. You know, there's industry, there's food supply chains, but they are just ousted or iced out uh, of benefiting from the value chain, which from the village, I got to see those kind of things. Let's talk about those supply chains, because I think you've had a, a unique insight into the food supply chain in South Africa, right? From, you know, production. Yes all the way to consumption yes, yes. At, at the end. And, you know, we food is something that feels just so, you know, it, it's something you consume and, and you don't often think about, okay, if I think back to how this came onto my table and yes. then I look at the South African economy and the, the concentration of wealth yeah. that is in every industry, yes. we often overlook the concentration of wealth that is in this industry and Tell us about those supply chains and, and how course. they work and how they're working to frustrate um, a black farmer yeah. uh, in a rural area yes. or a semi-rural area Absolutely. that's just trying to get some, some income. Uh, good question. You know, I'll start this with a number, a very specific number. There's 60 million of us, maybe 60.2 if mm. you ask around, uh, South Africans by population. A surprise to the family might be to discover that as modest as the number 60 million sounds, yeah. we consume 1 billion chickens a year. 1 billion? 1 billion, dog. 1 billion wow. chickens. Just chickens. Sure. We didn't get to the, we didn't get to the bacon, we didn't get to yeah. the salami, we didn't get to the mutton and the lamb. Just 1 billion chickens. Wow, South yeah. Africa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's one of the There you are. You've been exposed. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those championships yeah. we, 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 we've cleansed out our So <laughs> how does that lend itself in our appreciation hmm. of supply chains? Farming was not the only thing that uh, my mom did. She also delved into eight other businesses. She delved into transport. She delved into uh, food supply as in running a spaza shop. She delved into running a salon. She, mm. delved in, she delved into leasing out tickets 
to uh, workers that couldn't afford to buy a ticket, but they needed it that, that day. And so why is that important? Uh, my wife and I, when we recently went through my town or through my village, to our surprise, we found that there is a food processing, uh, 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 there's a processed meat plant that has been set up in my village there. Mm. And it supplies direct to, to, to the public. Mm. And my wife couldn't understand. How is it that in your region, you guys eat such processed meat beyond mm. even chicken? I mm. mean, there's chicken viandas, there's everything. Mm. That actually, the, the, the powers that be decided to set up a plant near your village. Mm. I, I go like, I come to think of it. In the spaza shop I ran on behalf of my mom before I left for the big city at 15, mm. one of the things that I was a supplier of as that, at that minuscule level was processed meats was your polonies, was your viennas and stuff like that. Mm. And why am I mentioning the one billion chickens and touching on processed meat? And also I would, at 4 a.m., while the village is still waking up, I'll be receiving uh, about a, a number of uh, crates mm. of bread. Mm. So I was supplying bread as well. So the, the food supply chain is something that I was introduced to at a very young age. Mm. And later on, beyond my corporate days, I went into consulting on the supply chain side and I can tell you, let me put something in context in terms of what has been happening of recent 2023. There's been a lot of upheaval. There's been a yeah. lot of unsettlement mm -hmm. across the, the, the country. There's been a lot of dialogue. There's been also been certain visits, particularly to the Spaza shop setup. Mm -hmm. And there's been, to say the least, some complaints that uh, why are we being served counterfeit foods? Sure. And there'll be a complaint of, why does this particular sausage process food? Mm. Why does it now separate and pull apart when I'm trying to fry it like normal mm. vors? What is this? So mm. I want to appeal. Children, children dying in some instances. Very, very tragically, mm. uh, children dying and, and also the health department having to mechanize and, and mobilize and particularly those children dying. Mm. Here's what I put to our fellow countrymen and women. We will do well when it comes to food supply chain. We will do well to resist the temptation mm. of, how do I call it? Not necessarily bias, but being selective. Mm. Compromised food is compromised food. Whether it is dispensed via the Spaza outlet or is dispensed via a JSE-listed economic titan. Mm. Why am I saying that? As recent as 2017, I think there's three children that died last year in 2023, and there's others, but collectively, if my numbers serve me correctly, not more than 20 deaths were recorded. And for me personally, being a dad and being a fellow human, one death is unacceptable. However... If you go slightly far back in our review mirror, in 2017, more than 200, mm. more than 200 recorded lives were lost. Remember I mentioned processed food earlier on? When processed foods were compromised. Yeah. And not one, not two, but I think up to five listed retailers were party to that, mm. uh, uh, what do we call it, called wrongdoing, or they dropped the ball, and there was still a lot of fingers pointing in many directions. So in our world as e-farmer, wrong is wrong, number one. Number two, in our world, 
transparent and equitable supply chains in food are the only supply chains that we want in our future. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because that 2017 matter is still before the courts today. No, no, no. He said, I said, this records, those records. You mentioned blockchain earlier on. Mm. Uh, we wish that blockchain was already a norm back then, not in a crypto sense. I'll touch on that later. We wish that blockchain was, was, was a norm back then in 2017 and blockchain was a norm in 2023 on a scalable level because blockchain is that dynamic whereby it's not you said, I said. If you're holding a memo there, the memo that I'm holding on where the raw material or the raw ingredients came from, whether for processed foods, for dry spices, ground spices, mm. we are all holding the same memo, and I'll touch on that later. But mm. it's not about, hey, now it's blockchain. It's this fancy thing. No, 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 no. We're not keen on blockchain yeah. as a fancy tool, but we're keen on the truth. We're keen on, wait a minute, those women, those hardworking women in KZN that are farming Madumbi, how is it that when I buy them off a certain retailer's shelf. Mm. How is it that when I buy them, they receive one rent for mm. every hundred rent that I spend on this thing? Mm. And of course, there's this, for lack of a better word, the village and me, there's this 20 creepy uncles in between <laughs> that really, really pay themselves quite handsomely yeah. Yeah. and at the expense of those hardworking farming women. So it's about supply chains that are transparent, that are equitable, that are fair, yeah. whether that food is being dispensed through a tiny hole of a spada mm. or it's been dispensed through an exquisite, well-lit uh, 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 retail shelf in Santen. It doesn't mm. matter. Mm. Is it fair? Whether people compensated well? Uh, are there no rogue ingredients that found themselves in this? Mm. And is what's written outside what's actually inside? So that's why when we are patiently building e-pharma, the e-pharma of the future, but also the broader rethinking of our national supply chains. We're looking at uh, 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 advisory mechanisms to government, advisory mechanisms to regulators. So we're not just, oh no, let's build our thing. No, mm -hmm. we are rethinking the South Africa of the future where those that have got economic value due to them must receive it. And those of us that would like to know when we are having our fine dining, where does this food come from? Mm. We can actually trace it back to either that humble farmer or that gigantic uh, farming corporate. Mm. Fair is fair. Thanks for watching SMWX. I just wanted to tell you if you're enjoying what you're watching, how you can help support this channel and keep us growing and becoming bigger and better. Become a member of the channel on YouTube. There are different membership plans and you can give us some fuel to fire the SMWX machine. Also, if you're a brand, I'm interested in building the community of people who watch this channel. And so if you want to advertise, I'm much more interested in the people who are already fans of this channel partnering with us than going out to some external advertising brand. So get in touch with us at our email address down below. You can also buy books and merchandise. Check the description for how to support SMWX and help spreading the fire. Of course, the more we do this, the bigger we can grow this channel, the more resources we can use to keep informing and entertaining you. Now let's get back to the episode. So let's go deeper into, into these supply chains because, you know, on the one hand, there's been this this debate in South Africa leading all the way to those spaza shops yes, and, yes, yeah. and uh, informal trading yeah. 
um, deaths of children, um, which is also linked to a you know a worrying debate about which gets links to uh, linked to foreign nationals, and yes. then it gets linked to um, some you know the worst of that can go into yeah. like a, a terrible xenophobic direction, yeah. right? But as a country, we do need to understand what that supply chain is yes, and, yes, and yes. how that kind of supply chain has been built. We might need to replicate it, Again. you know, yes. um, in terms of, you know, our, you know, a, r a rural farmer understanding yes. how they need to tap into a wider network. Yeah. Um, so, so there's that supply chain um, and, and there, there are foreign nationals who have understood and mastered that supply yes, chain. Yes, and, yes. and there's a reason why they can outcompete yeah. a local Spaza shop. Yes, yes, yes. Then there's another whole supply chain of the big corporates, yes. which will get, that's how food ends up in on the shelves. Making invoices. Yes. So there are these two, let's call them two supply chains. And it seems to me that the average trying to make ends meet South African farmer falls outside yes. both. Good question. There is the average South African farmer trying to make ends meet, trying to feed the family. Mm. And on the other extreme end of the equation, but quite uh, uh, part of the same equation is the average, let's call them a spaza shop owner. Sure. Let's even go as far as saying the lady trying to sell amaguine on the side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Let's call it... The, 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 the hardworking woman trying to sell food at the taxi rank. Sure. Where do the ingredients come from? Mm. So, and of course, juxtaposed or contrasted mm. between a well-oiled corporate machine this side yeah. that has got, what, 1,500 outlets mm. to restock. Mm. I mean, just one of the corporates trying to fix their inventory recently, which shall not be named. Mm. They blew about 1.9 billion just... Yeah to tweak just to tweak the software of the sure. inventory that gets delivered how do we source yeah and supply so wh when now you're going to war and you're going to battle mm -hmm. with people that have kind of like uh, dumped 1.9 billion in just trying to fix mm. their filing system and their, <laughs> and their, and their supply wow. system hey, that better be a very good filing I'm system telling you, man. i'm telling you so and then, so, so the typical farmer and the typical spaza owner mm. might not, uh, for lack of a better word, yeah. be consciously aware yeah. of the forces at work. Mm. Let me be practical a bit here. Mm. You, own, you own a spaza shop. Yeah. And for you to be able to trade today, you need to make one or two or even three trips down to a wholesaler. Mm. Uh, very popular wholesalers are around and in your little van there come back check what's what's actually missing run out again mm. you you are spending more time outside of your spaza shop outlet than you are spending in it mm. that's number one number two you are living hand to mouth your cash flow is a mess your, your cash flow is non-existent it's like you you actually can't even tell us what did you spend on your inventory in the mm. last month Neither can you tell us what you are likely to spend in the next three months. So mm. then we're looking at commerce, you see. Sure. The, the, the moment we mute, you see, the mute button is mm. very useful when we use it intentionally. Mm. When we mute the nationality of the spaza shop owner sure. for practical purposes of this conversation, mm. when we mute the, the, the unfairness, when we mute 
the fake foods when we mm. mute the counterfeiting of foods then we go like what's the business model so you keep dashing out with your little van and you're actually dipping into your pension which is what how some sponsor shops sure. start in South Africa sure, sure. Uh, some some old man who's kind of like they told him man you got to take the golden watch dude you mm. got to take the golden watch mm. and even though it's kind of like gold plated it's not gold <laughs> but uh story for another day mm. you got to take the golden watch and go home then he's thinking yeah. what am i going to do with my life? then then he starts a sponsor shop yeah. so yeah. and then he starts dipping into that pension and he hopes sure. that he's going to wing it things will work mm. Mm. so that's a guy who's pitted against we mentioned uh, that uh, corporate uh, that corporatized yeah. retail well oiled machinery that's one yeah number two Let's revisit the foreign national uh, discussion mm. to look at the business model. When yeah. you dissect that, sure. you find that there is a cultural tendency for our foreign guests to self-organize into ecosystems. Remember that ant that I mentioned? They tend to plug into colonies. They don't fly solo like I try to, sure. even though I was not in a spaza shop. I tried to fly solo when I was starting my business like... Uh, 10 15 years ago mm. but they don't fly solo and perhaps that's a competitive edge mm. that a spaza shop owner needs to consider so there's a national network there's a national sure. network and there's it, it even goes as far as Devon Harbor how is it that they don't go to the wholesaler how, how is it that the wholesaler does not even exist within their line of sight mm -hmm. who exists mm. they would bring in shipments of containers whether with dry rice whether with uh, uh mealy mm. they they have embedded themselves not just self organized to pull together uh, uh financial uh instruments sure. but they they also have a a a global network mm. that brings stuff to their doorstep mm. they, they have what in so to speak they've created a parallel alter, alternate supply chain. Mm. Now, as Spaza Shop is, is not thinking about a, a supply chain. Can we just stop there because that that's so fascinating and insightful, but it's also I mean, the reason why I think this conversation is so important is because what what can be learned yeah. from that? It's not about criticizing that because yeah. yeah. there's there's ingenuity, there's insight, yeah. there's there's a plan. Yes, yes. And if we're going to try and create an economy where we bring people out of poverty, yeah. where we bring people out of um working poverty, yeah. And and if government's going to think about okay, how do we marshal black agriculture yes, or any yes, agriculture for that matter in South Africa? We have to look at how it's working. Best practices. And and that's what we have to compete with yes, ultimately. Yes, yes. And talking about how it's working, mm. there's this alternative name to South Africa is lasagna. Mm. So the the the, the Spaza supply chain yeah. parallels. Yeah lend us to appreciating the origin of the word azania it actually didn't when you look at it historically it did not originate from southern africa mm. the word actually comes from the horn of africa right where the the, the type of S somali the type of ethiopia their forefathers were actually in were actually in trade and merchant uh, uh, arrangements sure selling to what we could call the the bantu nations that later would descend mm. down towards south sure. so you you mean when you try to open a spaza shop you kind of like are going to war with the 2000 years muscle memory mm. 
of how global trade <laughs> self-organizes and how that is passed down genetically. Mm. So what can government learn from that? Mm. As a nation, we need to revisit. I know that there is a dynamic. Uh, politically, I'm just a layman on the street. I just observe things from far. But there is this, uh, there is this tension happening now mm. uh, regarding the 28 million people on social grant and whether that's going to be the dynamic that we go with into the future yeah. as a legacy. I, I have no advisory inputs on that. But what I can say is, do we need to reignite our economic empowerment, not within the framework of what empowerment might be on paper, yeah. but could we rediscover our, our trade advantage? Mm. Can we rediscover mm. our entrepreneurial advantage? Because just like how someone uh, once said that, you know what, that child was born in the hospital, you don't know if they've got a cure for cancer, uh, and so on and so forth. But mm. I also say that you don't know if that same child who's born uh, this morning might actually help us to leap forward mm. in terms of demonstrating what entrepreneurship looks like yeah. when it's not tied to a tender. Yes, I love our tender people. Uh, uh, shout out to them. But when mm. that entrepreneurship is not tied even to technology, by the yeah. way, I'll, yeah. I'll throw my name in the head. Uh, not all entrepreneurship is technology, mm. but mm. technology in entrepreneurship has got an extreme sports side to it where we can send a much bigger elevator down yeah. to fetch a lot more farmers and to close the inequality gap on scale. So I'm just mm. saying that mm. perhaps whether someone is starting a business on the street or someone is starting or rather is running a startup in tech like ourselves, yeah. it's all entrepreneurship. Can we rediscover? I'm from the village. We used to do buttering. Even when I was growing up, I didn't read about buttering in a book, in a history book. Mm. We knew that, oh, wait, our crops, we are go we've got mealy, they need pap, so we are going to go to the silo with about 80 kilograms of uh, mealy bags. We're going to come back. But we need meat. We need protein. So we need to kind of like have this trade-off. So mm. that's trade. Without any tag, without any, any tender, even though we need those. Sure. But can we rediscover what trade mm. means? So that even if someone is venturing out to start a spaza shop, which is part of the food supply chain, or is venturing out to start a farm, yeah. who knows? Maybe some of the uh, uh, family here are thinking about, I need to start a farm. Mm. You know, food will always be needed. But mm. a farm is a business. Sure. It's way beyond the crops. It's yeah. way beyond uh, the livestock. Yeah. There is a business machinery Mm. that one has to configure yeah. around the farm operation because mm. if the books don't make sense, I don't care how much livestock you have there mm. on that farm. Mm. If the books don't make sense, you can tell me you're farming 100 hectares or one hectare. Yeah. But it, it all goes back to what, what's been happening in the Horn of Africa where, where yeah. the word Azania uh, was actually born but later borrowed on Africa South. So we, we need to reconnect with our organic resilient entrepreneurial know-how. It's like how my mom and granny raised me. 
they taught me resilience and survival. Meaning, you didn't kind of go like, you know how in corporate sometimes they go like, yeah, the reason why we didn't start the project of producing this one billion cups a year is because there's a decision coming up in the pipeline. There's no pipeline in the village. You mm. wake up in the mm. morning and you do what must be done. So mm. they, they gifted me with survival and resilience. But mm. in corporate, man, very yeah. grateful for my corporate days. That's where I got to learn scale. There's a project that we once moved from a zero balance sheet to five billion mm. within 36 months. Mm. You you become part of that equation. It, it, it rewires you. It, it mm. changes you. Mm. And of course, when I ventured out and I, I was not wise like that end mm. where I took plug into a colony, I was flying solo. Uh, man, the wheels came off. But eventually, I did realize the success mm. of my own with my team. We, we moved a certain struggling entity within a supply chain to move from zero to 30 million, also within 36 months. So mm. it kind of like taught me that, wait, business is business. Mm. Yes, th mm. there's other noises that we go like, yeah, but do they have the legitimacy to trade here? Do, should they be doing that? Mm. Should, uh, why are they counterfeiting that? Counterfeits mm. are counterfeits. Mm. Whether it's a JSC listed that is kind of like, kind of like way in the ingredients, like even nitrate. Nitrate can cause cancer, but nitrate is part of such a normal volume of mm. the food process, uh, I mean, processed foods. So we need to think about those things, but story yeah. for another day. So yeah, that's that's how uh, a spaza owner or a farmer mm. can be caught between titans of industry, whether yeah. it's a self-organized global supply chain yeah. that feeds or funnels inventory into the local spaza shops mm. that are owned uh, by our guests from elsewhere, or it's the, 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 the corporate retail that is now, I hear certain angles in retails, uh, you know, on the further side mm. of the country towards Cape Town, mm. they are eyeing uh, the, the township economy and they're thinking, you know what, that might not be such a bad idea. Let's, let's encroach yeah. in that space. Yeah. Let, let's talk about that because, I mean, we could even go deeper into, into the, you know the, the the parallel network that you yeah. spoke about and how it has you know it has there, there's a harbor there's yeah. there are goods that come from outside the country Absolutely. there's there's a way of lowering costs yeah there's a network there's efficiency in transportation log logistics and then you start your spaza shop and you think you're going to be able to compete yeah. with that whole parallel network without a purchase power absolutely but then you've got the traditional the traditional titans who own agriculture, yes. food production, so central to our economy, actually of geopolitical importance yes. in this entire region. Right. Uh, America looks at us, Europe looks at us, China looks at us, and they're like, wow, minerals and agriculture. Yeah. They've, got it, they've got it on lock in yeah. South Africa. Yeah. But it's, we know the history yes, yes. of dispossession, yeah. of concentration. Yeah. Take us through, like when you trace that supply chain, yes. how it goes back to a few hands yeah. in the country yeah. uh, that may or may not be around the Stellenbosch area and other, yeah, yeah, and Stellenbosch yeah. and Santon. Yes, 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 yes. The, the two capitals. Mm. Talking about the agri-value chain mm. and the supply chain, let's look at records. I'm going to look at this purely from a perspective of records. Absolutely. Because records is the machinery that we are building uh, and embedding into e-pharma records of where produce came from, mm. which hands touched that produce, mm. Mm. and which channels that produce came through 
to end up at our dinner table. Sure. And to end up giving a, a better take-home uh, pay equitably mm. to the farmer involved. When you look at that, records are at the center of it. Mm. And talking about Stellenbosch and Santen, that's an interesting uh, uh, power dynamic because uh, a certain uncle uh, from Limpopo, who shall not be named, mm. uh, has put this topic forward to say we need to look at the issue of land. <laughs> yeah. So when you look at the issue of land, uh, I, I might be naive economically, and I'm mm. not going to claim, uh, uh, politically rather, mm. I might be naive politically, and I'm not going to claim uh, to wear that hat, but when I look at it via commerce, yeah, and I look at it via records and digitization, yeah, that's my backyard. Someone asked, so if you are going to look at land restitution, how are you going to do so? Because the mere fact of the existence of that land records, the, uh, you, you can call it a registry, mm. you can call it a pool of records, is still a fast-moving target right now. Who not, not only who owns it, but how is the land segmented? And I'm just talking purely records. Mm. What looks like uh, a thousand hectares might turn out to be 80 farms when they conveniently need to be 80 farms. There will be 80 farms mm. on a thousand hectares. Mm. But when certain financing equations require that 1,000 hectare to be one farm, it is certainly one farm. Mm. It's no longer a consortium. So mm. just at that level, uh, without pointing any fingers, I'm mm. saying that records, they matter. Let me go back to the 2017 events hmm. of the how certain thing. food, uh, the listerosis uh, issue. Yeah. When that issue broke out and people were were dying like ants, mm. there was a, a talk around, no, 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 no. You see how most things lead back to Limpopo. Mm. You see, there at the processing plant in Limpopo, our, our processed uh, 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 meat is not part of the other retailers. Yeah. We have our own, and it just so turns out that later on, uh, they were in the same plant, uh, maybe separated by a thin, <laughs> a thin veil of mm. a plastic curtain. You see, mm. so records mm. matter to us mm. when mm. it comes from that perspective. Sure, uh, 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 well beyond a, a, a political narrative. So, mm. how, who, who, actually can access a retail shelf? Let's start there. Absolutely. Who can? Who 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 can win the championships? Yeah. Of placing their foods on the retail sure. shelf because once you're there, that's it. That's it, right? It, that's it, printing it, money. It's it's automation. Mm. Asking that question. How do you get there? Yeah, asking yeah. that question uh, requires us to look mm. at a certain uh, 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 property, a certain facility uh, uh, down in in Devon. Mm. It's a it's a it's a gaming and hotel facility. Okay. There's a notice. There's a notice at the at the entrance. It says. Minibus taxis mm. must pay 500 rand to enter this property. Hey. So you see, it's, it's technical, and I'll show you what it has to do with the food, food value chain. Mm. They didn't say minibus taxis are not allowed. Mm. No, no. They must just pay a levy. Mm. Everybody else, by the way, in that same property, pay 10 rand to, to park there. Mm. But minibus, so it's their way. So what am I saying? Uh, and this thing doesn't happen in South Africa alone, by the mm. way. It happens mm. even at the... Um, uh, what, what do you call this? World Trade Organization. Sure. South Africa right now even finds itself at a back foot 
on a food value chain mm. in terms of where we can send our citrus and where we can send our other produce, your mm. avocados. Why? Because there is a certain, not, not, not really a monopoly, but there's a certain tweaking of a reality at a, at a mm. global exports, whether you're speaking European Union, uh, there's an alleging of things are tweaked in favor sure. of the powers that be. So locally, who can place food on a retail shelf? Mm. You're told it's a come one, come all. Yeah, there's, anyone. There's a catch. Anyone could, could anyone in can, theory. But there's a catch. Sure. You just have to make sure that you tick all the boxes. Okay. You, you, tick, you tick all the checks and balances. Sure. And then so to be on our shelves, here's the criteria. Yeah, there's a criteria, and, yeah. it, and it's a quality assurance. It, I mean, it's a quality assurance. Okay, sure. Extreme sports. Yeah, sure. And that's yeah. what actually inspired us to go into uh, the business of e-pharma or the business mm. of rethinking our supply chain mm. because there was a certain gentleman that we were consulting to under management uh, mm. consulting, mm. and he needed to place his product uh, on on a, on a specific retail shelf. Yeah, never mind. It was a design uh, homeware item. It was not even food. Mm. But he was told by one of the very reputable uh, reputable uh, quality assuring agencies yeah. that because he's got eight products, he needs anywhere between 250 to 400,000 rands to quality assure one product mm. just to make sure that it is really, it goes through all the checks and balances mm. and it's given a certification mm that it can end up being on that shelf. So you see, you, you, you and I wouldn't touch the, the aspect or the topic of food supply chains or supply chains mm. without navigating the barriers to entry yeah. that may lend themselves by default, intended or unintended, mm. between Santen and Stellenbosch and elsewhere in the country where yeah. decisions are made, may lend itself into a, an imposed inequality. Absolutely. All are welcome. All are welcome. Mm. If you can just jump this hoop here. Yeah, then you're fine. So, but, but then we ask ourselves as a generation that was not part of the, 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 the arrangement that is in place. Mm. We ask uh, as a youthful generation that, wait a minute, is there a way to democratize mm. access? Mm. Is, is there a way to democratize uh, quality assurance without yeah. compromising it? Is yeah. there a way to uh, uh, almost uh, evoke a stock fell approach mm. or a self-organizing approach mm. to vet or inspect 20 or 50 farmers all at once sure. without dropping the ball because our consumers won't be forgiving mm. if we drop the ball with quality. Is there a mechanism where those gogos or those uh, former corporate, did you know that even there's a, there's a growing base of farmers that come from corporate or they come from engineering or some of them come from being doctors, mm. they're going into farming. Mm. So whether mm. a former doctor can set up a farm next to uh, 20 gogos that are farming Madumbe, it mm. doesn't matter. But is there a way to level the play field yeah. using technology? not necessarily relying on the quality assurance industry, which is about 240 years old now. Hmm. So it was built on two centuries of embedded exclusion. It's, yeah. no, 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 we're only going to give the certificate to those guys. Sure. Then because those guys have certificates, then their produce hmm. can be fast-tracked onto the retail yeah. shelf. And then someone can go like, man, I didn't get that shelf because of my skin color. Mm. Well, there are other forces at work here. Mm. And how is this even happening? Botswana, happening to South Africa now, Botswana and Namibia have rolled down 
the roller shutters and they've blocked South Africa, South African produce in the last one and a half years, mm. have blocked out produce from South Africa uh, in order to to look out for number one, good for them. Sure. Uh, to, to to try and and reboot and 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 and, and retool their own food supply chains mm. because they, they they were a bit food insecure. Mm. And their over-reliance on food from South Africa, food imports, food imports, mm. is something that they, they, they were a bit, uh, 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 what do you call it, not looking at. And South Africa also mm. has also been getting a lot of pushback on a bigger level. There's some lobbying discussions about that in Europe where we are told, listen, your citrus might land on European soil with a certain uh, contamination that we may have picked up, a, a certain mm. variant a certain variant of an insect mm. that if it lands here is going to wipe out our agri-value chain in citrus. So we are going to put that on hold, mm. uh, your, your your container shipments, your tonnage mm. of, 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 of fruit. So do you see how whether it happens to us as a nation yeah. or it happens to us to a certain part of the nation within a nation? Yeah. Sometimes quality assurance standards mm. can be set in a way that it appear, becomes impossible, yeah. Appear well-meaning, yeah, yeah. But lend themselves into mm. the dynamics of exclusion no, because to comply mm. is is way is way out. So it's it's we need to rethink it's that. really fascinating because I think many people would think, okay, look, if I if I get my farm moving yeah. and I you know I get my produce to a certain level of of excellence, then the game opens up. But Whoa. Whoa. we don't realize that. And this comes back to things like land reform, yes. things like, you know, just the economy as a whole. And, and you look at the rural economy. Yeah. How do we get all the talent, all the resources and unlock the economic value? It's not just about the farming. It's about who controls that certification, yes. who's already got it, who doesn't want it to be given up. The doorkeepers. And, and I'm assuming that all traces back to Stellenbosch and Santon, because I'm assuming yeah. Stellenbosch and Santon have those certificates and they get onto the shelves. Checks out. In 2000, in 2000 in South Africa, in a parallel industry called uh, astron ast astronomy, astronomy, the, 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 space, the space sector, mm. the space industry, mm. when the square mile radius project was passed yeah or was about to be passed i think someone did an exact figure of how many uh space scientists or astronomers we had in south africa mm. and it turns out that mm, none of them were black none 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 mm. i i don't want to misquote the figure but whatever the figure was mm. none of them was black so actively government did something beautiful they began uh, funding specific programs that will nudge, whether from rural, mm. whether from the township or elsewhere, peri-urban, those that need to make inroads into taking BSc degrees mm. that are along the, 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 what you call it, scientific lines of heading in that direction. Because to, to, to turn a ship around mm. that has been on a course for mm. decades, mm. they needed to really, the powers that be needed to unlock resources on a bigger level. So, that's their journey. Let me tell you something about African agriculture, not mm. South African, mm. African agriculture. The majority of the youth to this day, and it, it breaks my heart, still views agriculture as a charity industry. Mm. Meaning 
mom, you shouldn't think of participating uh, as a youth in agriculture mm. in a manner that's going to end your street cred or in a manner that's going to make you look good either sure. on your CV or in your, mm. in your uh, beer and coffee cycles and conversations. Mm. But that's really a myth because if you look at the food science, I'm going back to the certification, mm. the food science that is required as part of that certification, the agronomy, the agro-processing, sure. the food processing, mm. the, the, the supply chain, the, the e-commerce, the, mm. the, 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 the logistics, yeah. the, the, the demand planning, the, mm. the, the, the supply. It, it, it's, it's so complex an equation yeah. that when people think of agriculture, we need to evolve or transcend mm. thinking about debt under my nails. Sure. Because if we think more like that, in about 571 Saturdays from this conversation, mm. Africa will arrive at 2035. So 2035 is just 571 Saturdays away. It's not an eternity. We are going to have more than 2 billion mouths to feed. And South Africa alone will be sitting at a population of about just above 70 million mm. at that time. Mm. So by then, I'm sure we'll not be eating 1 billion chickens. We would have graduated. <laughs> we'll be at, we, might be at, we might be approaching two by that stage. There we go. There we go. But then the question becomes, in context with your question, yeah. who's supplying those chickens? Yeah. Who yeah. is vetting yeah. their well-being? Who Absolutely. is inspecting the poultry yeah. farms? Are we building new, in, new, new voices and new enterprises to integrate into that value chain? Or is it all just going to go to the same two networks, the parallel network and the... Stellenbosch Center Network. The corporate no, we, we need to rethink that. That's why when one is looking at that 50 rand sausage that appears to be behaving weird in a pan, we need to not be emotionally too vested in that sausage that is appearing to look amiss. We need to place everything on mute and ask ourselves, uh, who, 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 who has a handle and who is gatekeeping or doorkeeping on the macro value chains. Mm. And without hating on anyone, we need to look at, are we going to be party to solving this sausage problem? Are we going to be party to solving fake foods problem? Mm. Are we going to be party to solving inequality in food supply chains? Or are we just going to be those guys that drink a couple of ciders or have coffee mm. and discuss about what's wrong with the world? You know, mm. we, we, we could be looking at think tanks that come together, that mm. go like, we're going to do something about it. Yeah. Let me give you a, 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 a amusing example. Mm. Back in the early 2000s, uh, uh, Desmond Dube, he mm. used to, long before he became the face of the funeral industry, <laughs> he, he, yeah. he was doing his, his comedy back then, yeah. fully fledged. Uh, and then he had this thing called Dube on Monday. Uh, Dube on Monday uh, uh, was this comedy uh, uh, setup that combined theater, combined, uh, 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 what do you call it, onstage interviews, long story short. They did this, they did this uh, uh, performance where, in one episode that really stuck with me, mm. they did this performance where they were protesting. It was just a whole lot of people on stage uh, mimicking a protest because mm. protest season was unfolding at the time. Mm. And they picked up dustbin lids and they were going up there on stage saying, Asiteng get Toropin, Asiteng get Toropin. And then somebody said, oh, comrade, comrade, hold on, hold on. If Asiteng get Toropin, mm. where are we going to buy? Mm. 
Hey, and the person paused and well, no, 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 I got an idea. We're gonna buy a spa, mm-hmm. and just when people were thinking that is referring to that uh, the retailer by the same name, yeah. he quickly interrupted that. We're gonna buy a spa, za. So <laughs> let's stop going to town. Yeah, let's buy a spa shops. <laughs> Fast forward now, twenty-four years later, mm. uh, the spas are in a crisis mode. Mm. Uh, the big retailers are in a monopoly mode where mm. the well-oiled machine needs to needs a bit of rethinking mm. for our food security and for our food sustainability. So if we can buy a spa because spa is in a I mean spaza is in a crisis mode. Mm. Strange enough, even spa itself uh, had to sink that 1.9 billion into trying to fix mm. their own supply chain. Mm. And if we kind of like still love, show some love to Stellenbosch, mm. but we are kind of like reconfiguring more equitable food value chains. Yeah. Those are the conversations we need to be having. Absolutely. Yes, it's tragic people lost their lives. It's tragic that there's all these tensions that keep, up, that keep uh, erupting now and then within the township uh, ecosystem. Mm. It's really sad. However... Beyond these eruptions that then are muted, then they erupt, then they are muted, can we be more future-focused? Because yeah. in 571 Saturdays, 2035 will be here, ready or not. And we need to know whether even our own children are now championing in a different era where a different era where a more equitable, more sustainable, more diverse supply chains where if I say I'm in farming as Shadrach, people won't really assume that I'm a farm worker. And, you know, just a spin mm. on that farm worker thing, I was showing my wife a certain house that I, I hit under the bed as we traveled uh, home recently mm. because it's on a farm. Mm. And I was an illegal visitor on that farm because I didn't go through the, the, the gate checking of signing because I was just in and out for the day mm. to visit my cousins mm. who worked on that farm. Hmm. You know, unlike me farming with my mom, they worked on a commercial farm. Mm. So I was an illegal guest there. And that may not seem like a big deal, mm. but had something happened to me, the farmer was not going to be reliable. Mm. That's one. Number two, had I maybe put my hand up and been interested myself into working for that farmer, Mm. despite being not being documented or be under age. See, that's the other problem. When the wine says it's ethically sourced, is it really ethical sourced? Is it ethically sourced? Or maybe somewhere along the wine route, there is 50% underage children that Mm. may be working that wine. Or there is uh, 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 grown-ups that may be paid with wine bottles. Mm instead of being paid with money. Mm. So those are the things that we have to think about when we either enjoy our wine or we enjoy our food. Where, where does this steak come from? And, and I think I mustn't forget about this one. When we are at uh, family funerals, very tragic events. So it's all too tempting when our, uh, our money is stretched in many, many different directions. It's all too tempting when we are talking and, and Caesar goes like, man, Shadrach, assuming you're my cousin for now, you go like, Shadrach, man, I don't know if they told you. They told me what? No, 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 no. Oh, I'm Sbaniba and it says, mm. she knows an uncle who knows an uncle and, and they can get us a cow 
at half the price. So, guys, I mean, we're already discussing so many expenses as as we work in Joburg. So, does it mm. not look like an attractive attractive mm. deal now? Mm. You see, that's another supply chain gone wrong because that uncle who knows an uncle, where are they getting that cattle from? Could it mm. be that it's going to be stolen at night mm. and be informed party to the livestock thefts mm. that are such a problem in South Africa? It might look like a good deal, but you know how sometimes in South Africa, maybe it doesn't happen in your side of the family, but my side of the family, mm. back in the village, of course, there's been this, I don't want to call it a myth, there's been this persisting accusation that there are these ants who go to Mkimbi, and when they go there, someone always gets poisoned. And you go like, whoa, are we part of Inkabi? Are we, uh, do we have hidden hitmen that... Uh, mm. f- uh, that I think there's a Netflix uh, thing that came up, cyanide and curry. Uh, do we have these people with cyanide that mm. poison people? I don't know if such hitmen or women exist in our society or not that have a have, that have a thing for poisoning others. I don't mm. know if they exist or not, but I know that in the agri-value chain, there is vaccines and hormones mm. that are given to cattle. So if a cattle is stolen at night, mm. when... The, the, the instruction on the vaccination uh, 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 mm. says do not send to sure. the abattoir mm. if, you're vac- if, if, you've, you, if you have dispensed this vaccination. Don't send to the abattoir mm. or the slaughterhouse mm. within X number of days or weeks. You won't even be given a sure. movement permit by the Department of Agriculture mm. and Health. You won't be given a movement permit sure. to legally move your cattle mm. from here to the auction or to the slaughterhouse. So you see how those nitty-gritties mm. of the value chain, mm. maybe if we are cousins mm. and we are thinking about how best to, to spend our money, we might not be thinking about that. Mm. And then that cattle ends up there and then suddenly, God forbid, mm. where we are mourning, now we lose five more lives. Are we going to think about the agri-value chain gone sure. wrong? Or we're gonna think about, yeah, we knew it. Yeah, there's an we artist. We knew it. Yeah. There's an artist in our midst here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. just one of the things that I'm appealing to my fellow South Africans to say, yeah. let's not be biased when it's the spaza shop owner mm. whose papers may or may not exist, mm. who's doing something that is harming lives in our nation. Sure. We must be militant in our response. We must be clear that such conduct is not allowed or contaminations but we should also carry the same level of passion when it's a certain corporate that may or may not be owned in Stellenbosch we we, we really need to uh, realize that fair is fair and we also need to be militant when a certain uncle suggests that listen I know a guy and I know a guy we, we oh, 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 oh mm. hold on hold on you may know a guy but mm. we don't want any more tragic losses in our family I think if we did that, and but sure. I, I, I lived, I lived through Alex before uh, settling on this side of the road, and one of those things is I used to overhear, I used to overhear conversations where uh, Amajit are going around in, and they go like, "Listen, man, there's an address in something. Yeah, man, listen, yeah, no, we're just in and out, we're done." Mm. So hearing those conversations kind of like changed my my upbringing, and and now to hear. That empty bin, you hear people that go like, yeah, but running ethical supply chains, 
should not be something we expected to do as a family. We are poor mm. already. Mm. We, we, we have this much money, but this funeral that was not expected needs that much money. So leave us alone, man. We are mourning. Just True. leave us alone. If a kettle is there, it's a kettle there. People mm. are going to laugh at us mm. if we don't have a kettle. Mm. So Shadrach, hold on with this whole ethical supply chain. Mm. Hold your horses, man. We need a cow, not horses. Hold that. <laughs> we need to be allowed to mourn our way. I go like, mm. my fellow South Africans, I respect your mourning, but let's be clear, including how our customary practices mm. on how an ethically sourced cattle from a legit farm, how it is slaughtered. Do you know the other cyanide effect, the other food poisoning effect that has harmed my fellow Africans, because I speak supply chains, mm. is when the uncles that are slaughtered in the cattle, they just don't realize that washing hands is important. Washing... If you're going to prepare that, just wash your hands. No, you, you can take a knife, you can do your dance, you, you can you can whistle, you can... But while you are whistling, can, can you at least wash your hands with sunlight soap? Can you, can you at least wash your hands up to here, up to up to the, 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 the arm mm. here, so that mm. hygiene is part of that food dispensation, even at a small mtuimbi, whether at a township or in rural. I'm, I'm just appealing sure. to my fellow South Africans. That may not be considering things like technology, I get it, but yeah. we, we all have an obligation to, uh, just like all chefs in the world, thou shall not kill the diners. I think that actually sure. goes right across it. So brother, I think as, as we as we round off, where to from here with Ifama? Um, what's the next stage for the future? Uh, brilliant. We, mm. we are building Ifama into an elevator where we are soon wanting to pass a 10,000 mark in terms of the farmers that we are taking in to now uh, connect their produce into the market, mm. uh, to your events, to your hotels, to your, uh, what do you call it, to your uh, eventing uh, spots, but most importantly, to our household. The future is where, if I'm sitting and having dinner, I can ask uh, my wife, listen, if it says Karu land there, did it actually come from the Karu or am I being charged mm. <laughs> exorbitantly? Mm. I, wait, is it even lamb, by the way? Is, mm. is it even lamb or is it Martin? Mm. Or is it something else? Because remember, before Listerosis, if you go back to 2012 and Ifama was not there and tracing food, track and trace was not there, we had an incident. Uh, retailers that I shall not name, they may be from Stellan, but they may, but uh, they... <laughs> They ended up admitting uh, that uh, what they labeled as beef was mm. actually was actually horse and donkey mm. and water buffalo. So wow. the future for e-farmer is one. Wow. Getting as many farmers that have been trapped in the basement and left out mm. of the economic value chains to be allowed into the room. Let's send the elevator down. That's number one. Two. Uh, to simplify the sourcing of food, few clicks of a button, whether you are running a restaurant that's very fast-paced or you're running an NGO, could we see you having more savings where your rent can go a, b a bit further? Mm. Or you're running a household. I'm, I'm, I think the food inflation now has passed 40% mm. per food basket since pre-COVID. Mm. So we as e-farmer are ideating very patiently, but 
we are also putting pressure on ourselves mm. to say how quickly can we include the farmers how much savings can we bring to the household mm. uh we, we will give you savings we may not give you speed it may not be there in 60 minutes but we are looking at sure. uh, uh, lending ourselves into building that e-farm not just the e-farm of the future but the south africa of the future is a south africa where we become less dependent i'm not sure if uh, our families are aware here but by 2030 which is just just about 299 saturdays or so we as africa not as south africa africa we are going to be having to settle a food import bill of 19 trillion rands hmm. for food we bring from outside which is bizarre for a, 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 a continent with 60% of arable land mm. in the whole mm. world. So why are we bringing in food rather than uh, not just growing food at a level that is making us food secure, but processing that food, sure. packaging that food and connecting that food to its consumer. So the future is transparent. The future is equitable. The future is fair. And the future is where value goes, where value deserves to go. Shadrach Gubiane, thank you so much for joining us. All the best on your journey and thank you for the work you do and we wish you all the best in the future. Thank you kindly. Uh, much, much appreciated and uh, looking ahead. Thank you kindly. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.